Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello everybody and welcome to this morning's Sunday Q&A. We're going to jump straight into it with last week's mistakes, which I think is a record for me. There are many which I managed to get wrong last week. So always pleasing that you're on the ball, you know, kind of watching the channel, ready to point out where I've got things wrong. To be honest with you, I'm surprised that you don't realise that the whole thing is wrong, or at least largely erroneous, but thanks for watching anyway. So yeah, Bellicization says, now I said about the exhaust brake, I had the exhaust brake sort of taken away. I think I've had it disabled. Because back in the day, but I mean, when I was kind of in my 30s, I was running um, an Iveco, and that had an exhaust brake on it, and the mechanics kind of went, it jammed on, it went, well, you don't need it. It might have been different then. I don't know. But Bellicization says, um, an exhaust brake can and will save your life. If you don't have it, you will end up burning through pants, especially going downhill, fully loaded with a load pushing you along, which I kind of had actually on Friday when I had nine tonne, which I picked up, and it wasn't going a million miles, 50 miles, I think, but it was basically Aylesbury to Hartford. But then there's hills on the way out of Aylesbury, and you're going down the hill thinking, exhaust brake could be very handy right now. And as my mate Nick points out, he says, Pete, on the subject of the exhaust brake, I agree with everybody else. It shouldn't be disconnected or removed. Why do you think it was fitted in the first place? If you, If I were your transport manager, we would... We and your maintenance provider would definitely be having words about this. All standard equipment fitted to the vehicle when it is manufactured has to be in serviceable, serviceable and operational condition. Look at the guides to maintain the other thing. Um, I'm going to cut the chase. You said you could end up with a PG9. If you get, if they, if you, if they pull you over and they test it and it's not operational, you could end up with a PG9. Um, he says, why did you not think about swapping the exhaust brakes over from the old truck? It would save you a fortune. To be honest with you, I think it works. We've just sort of turned it off. But on the, um, and this is why we have the channel. It's not, it's basically aimed at educating people. And one of those people is me. <laughs> In fact, probably the one that's educating more than anyone else, you know. So no, what I will do is I will get Mark to um, get, up, get it operational. We'll get it up and running. And to be honest with you, what bothers me more than anything else is, and I know it's pathetic, is I've got this large stick on the left hand side, on the right hand side of the steering wheel that doesn't do anything. And I want it to do something. So when I'm going downhill, click. When I'm going uphill, click. I dare say the thing just works. I think it could have just been pilot error that I messed up, but we'll give it a bash. Um, and also what I'll do is I'll, I'll show Mark to, to tell me what to do, that if for some reason it does stick, show me what which button I've got to press to unstick it. Last time I had to turn the engine off. So, But no, thank you very much for that. So as uh, Bell Sensation, may just to save my life. I mean, I tried to back my lorry off a cliff. Maybe now I'm just going to try one run over a cliff. No, so we'll get that one back up and running. Um, number two, <laughs> I said about keeping your paper PODs for six months. In case anybody requires a hard copy POD, you can send it them. 
white man in the van says, Hi Pete, under GDPR and UK data protection laws, I believe companies must keep records for six years. Um, I'm pretty sure that includes pods, but I think it means either physical or digital form. However, it does mean that companies could request stuff up to six years later. And Clive Whitwood also says, Pete, you should really save your paperwork in a physical or digital format for six years. So I'm going to stand by what I said on that one. Keep your hard copy paper PODs, I would say, for six months. Maybe if you want to be on the safe side, and if they're not taking up too much space in the filing cabinet or on the bottom drawer of your desk, keep them for a year. After that, make sure. But if you've, but make sure you've got the digital copies. Now, I did a video recently, which ironically enough was to show Roy how to scan things onto the app before I realised Roy was it's just going to be me, and that's worth kind of looking at. I'll do a link. Where am I here? Um, which shows you how to scan from the phone your paper POD onto the app. So once it's on the CX system, it'll be on there. I also, because I invoice through Zero now, I download all of my invoices and attach them to Zero. So I can go into, while I'm on my Zero accounting, I can go into um, any, if someone calls me up and says, I've got an invoice, I need um, a copy of the paper POD. I can go into Zero. I can go into the attachment. I can print it. I can send it. Or I can say, you print it. You know, sort of. But anyway, that that's kind of, yes. Yeah. So that's on that one. And finally... <laughs> Right, just for clarification, Nick also, Nick the Urban Tracker also says, Hi Pete, I would be very careful about advertising that you have an expensive watch on YouTube. It might lead to unwanted guests paying a visit to your house. I never actually, I have got one expensive watch, which is broken. It doesn't work because the cost of repairing the darn thing <laughs> is prohibitive. So I have all of the others, as I said in the video, kind of look expensive there's a big difference between is expensive and looks expensive this is a diver's watch i wouldn't go in a pool in it <laughs> you've got to bear in mind son of a second second generation market trader market generation son of a market trader this is what we would refer to as a jekyll it looks like it keeps equally bad time as the original. <laughs> it's kind of, it's sort of, you know, anyway, there we go. You can break in and nick him if you want, but don't take him to the pawn shop. You ain't going to get a lot of dough. Um, so, change of life. I'm going back to basics. Going back to just me and a truck. I've now got rid of the factoring company. I've done a week without it. It's terrifying. How quickly you can go through money is terrifying. But people have been kind and going, yeah, we can hang on. And other people are going, yeah, we'll sort it out later. And I've had some support. And, you know, I've still got two trucks to sell, one of which is probably going to go in the auction this, um, well, I'll probably go in Wednesday, ready for next Tuesday. I've still got one afterwards. I am the one that I've MOT'd it. I've done a video on MOT in it, but I'll just because I've done it at the place, I wanted them to make sure it's okay if I put it out. I hope they do. It's Renault Trucks in Dunstable. Really, really nice guy there. A guy called Mr. Bennett, and he's the nicest, nicest guy. Really is. Brilliant. Super duper. But I thought I'd just make sure that they're happy with it before I put it out, like, you know. Um, but yeah, them two are coming up. So and hopefully by the time that the dough that I've got still sitting around me, plus the sale of two trucks, should get me over the hump to that 60 days of no man's land for when the invoices start to come in and then I'll always be running two months ahead if you know what I mean so you're a bit like when you work in a company you know you've got to do a month up front or something like that so but anyway the fisherman story me getting back to basics Shane Hardy says simple life 
is simple pleasures. Yeah, you're dead right, Shay. Um, Joe Sargent said, a really good story. I I favour an easier life and less stress. You you do you. I always say you do you. And you will be happy. Yeah, you're right. You do you. It's just, do I have other people to think about? I've never been, I've never been a team player. You know when you go for an interview and you're supposed to turn around and say, I work equally well on my own as I do in a team. I don't work well in teams for two reasons. Either A, I'm in a team full of useless people and nothing gets done, or B, I'm the useless person in the team. I'm like, you know, they pass the ball to me, and I sort of, I miss, or I kick it to someone else, and I'm like, and I don't, and then I just get this terrible sense of letting everybody down. So I've always just kind of just done me. It just seemed to make more sense to me. That way, if, um, if, if I fail, the only person I let down is me. And I, I, I sort of, I think I want to get back to that, like, you know, so we, we go with that one anyway. So to main name, guys, says, he says, a person only needs to work one day per year, making 50% of the budget as long as 50% is profit enough to live on for the year. Yes, mate. Find me a job where I can work one day a year and it pays my bills for the entire year and I'll take it. I think Santa's taken. And besides, I haven't got a long enough beard, but it's a nice idea if you can make enough money. I mean, if I, theoretically, you can make enough money in one day. To, so you, if you buy the winning lottery ticket, that's a good day's job. That's a good day's work, isn't it? Well, it's worth the rest of your life. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't know what that is. So I'm going to go with a John Lennon trick, which is um, find a job that you don't mind doing and then you'll never have to go to work. And I don't mind driving a truck. Just got to get there. Um, C11 Yen, this is Ian, I think, says, Occam's razor. Simplest solution is the best rather than getting all involved. Well, not quite essentially, and it is correct. Yeah, as I understand, Occam's razor from my philosophy days, which is what I did way, way back, um, is the is the most obvious, in a nutshell, the most obvious solution is usually the correct one. And it strikes me that this is Occam's razor. You think he's right. And my, my wife turned around to me and she said, what do you want? What will make you happy? And I went, I just want to drive a truck, go to work, do some work, come home, get paid. So that's what we're going for, Occam's razor. It's just not that kind of razor, different kind of razor. Um, it's, a beard, it's a beard of the Shire, 1993. Because presumably there's more Sabida the Shires out there. Um, says, well said, man, totally agree with it. All wise words. Thanks. I'm particularly pleased with the handle. That's good, that one. And for the final word today goes from Brian, from um, Sarcastic Brian. <laughs> because I said, you know, it's how many keys, because David Chris says how many keys you're carrying around is all stress. He says it depends on the keys you have on you at the time. Um, it could distress you massively if you've got the wrong keys. I'm trying to actually, Brian, you're right, though. I'm going for the keys. I can't find the spare keys to FH10. I'm sure I had them this morning. But I've got one set of keys. It's going for auction. As long as I've got one set, it's off. So that's me set to find my life. Now, tipping at Lidl's. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Now, I've done this one before. 
when I was outside Lidl's, and I went, "Here's Lidl's over there. Don't put it on break." Um, and then I got this job coming down to Lidl's, and I thought, "Well, let's do the live version." So that was it. And we're back on sarcastic Brian again. He said, "You should have asked them if they had anything to deliver to a store. Never miss a trick. Euro six might be needed though, and they pay weekly." I will take some of your advice, though, Brian. A couple of people have advised me on people. That, you said something about a guy at a job, a regular job, but you see, you have to climb up ladders and lift bags of flour. I don't mind the collar. I'll do the collar if the money's in it. So that might be one. I've got some other, a few other people that I might be contacting in the area that might be able to feed me directly. And I think, particularly now, it's just me. I don't know. I feel almost a bit like a little bit, like the curtains are opening in. Or the clouds are starting to part. And I'm starting to be able to see the wood for the trees. Um, some of it's very scary woods. But I'm starting to be able to see it. And I think for a long time, I've been lost and I haven't seen it. But we're working on it. So, domain name guy says, he said, delivering crystal toilet rolls to a supermarket, RDC, etc. He said, I floor to ceiling high pallets on a truck. And they can fall over when bringing the pallet off the truck with on the loading ramp if you're going too fast. So be careful. So when you, if you've got light stuff, and I've seen it. Well, the worst one I saw once was at a Waitrose, and the guy, the, the ramp was up, and like the bottom three pallets, and they were like tiny tins of sardines, and they just got what? It's like everywhere. I thought I do not. They're starting to restack them. I thought I do not envy you because they're going to count them as soon as you take them off. Um, um, Akin says, if you break the pallets, they they they'll make you restack it. And Mitch Bullion Freight says, uh, hang on. Oh, sorry, that's right. No, the main gang guy said the same kind of thing. I didn't break the pallet. The bloke with the fork truck who put it on my lorry broke the pallet. As he was going to the bed of the lorry, he was too low. And the, the bottom of the pallet just clipped it. And then the leg fell off. But it kind of it was doable, if you know what I mean. The pallet still worked and no one noticed. I didn't feel the need to draw it to their attention. I don't quite know why you would. Um... Mitch Bullion Freight says, I love the little uh, um, Junction 11. Nice overnight parking, but a million roundabouts to get to it from the M1. It is like that. You come off and then you go there and then there and then there and then there and then there. You know, make a direct road. Uh, but yeah, no, it's pretty good. They've got uh, decent, they've got showers. They've got plenty of space for parking for the trucks. They're kind of, um, they this, I mean, I've got to say so many Amazons, free tea coffee and all that. Didn't see the tea coffee, tea coffee machine. But, um, yeah, I think you'd be, you'd be quite happy to stay there overnight. And the thing is, where it is also, there's nothing near. So it's not like you can go and I'll just pop out of the truck and I'll pop across the road to a pub or I'll pop across the road and get myself some chicken. Mm, not really. But I guess that's what Deliveroo's for. Um, Leachy says, I went past that little distribution centre on Thursday on my way to Milton Keynes to collect a fridge door to deliver a store in to a deliver to a little store in Andover. Have you not given he said, have you not given Roy the chance to buy the truck and go on his own as a sole trader? The thing is, it's not just that straightforward, is it? You can't just buy a truck and go sole trader. You have to get an operator's licence, you have to get a transport manager, the parking. I would help him. I'd help him go through all the means, but a, a, a lot of the guys, and I can understand it as I'm sort of slowly simplifying my life. It might get even more simplified, which is like, um, just get a job. Get a job, go to work, come home, get paid. Something breaks down, doesn't matter. You want to go on holiday, you go on holiday, so I've got holiday time. I've just never worked for anybody else. I would struggle. I know I would struggle. But yeah, no, it's not, if, if only, oh, does it were that simple? But it's not. Um... Gareth Coombs says, work for Hovis, work for Hovis Bread. 
put in 5.30 so it can be picked for that day. I don't know what that means, Gareth, but I do know I met a guy there from Hovisbred, and he kind of went, been there a while? He went, yep, <laughs> that's what you delivered. He said, bread. I went, you do know they count in every slice, don't you? He went, yep. <laughs> he said, I'm used to it, I've done it before. I'll be here for two hours. I'm just sitting there, I'm sitting in a cab, and then they'll tell me my paperwork's fine. Unlike the guy who was on like a panic waste thing, and he turned around and said, I've got to be out of here in 20 minutes. We have booking slots. We have to be moved every 20 minutes. And she kind of went, I understand what you're saying to me, but you ain't going to be out of here in 20 minutes. And I said to him, I said, are you ever tipped in 20 minutes? And he went, all the time. He said, I just run local. He said, but everything we do is pull in, open the curtains and off. I thought, I envy you. <laughs> How do I get this one? Hmm. Interesting. I have to look at that one. Um, Steve Campbell, the nefarious Steve Campbell, says, he said, I dropped some chocks off. He said, why didn't you just put them in a line down the middle of the truck? That's what I usually do when I get a half load to avoid putting weight on the front axle. Because I did that once going into Waitrose on a seven and a half ton. I picked up one and a half ton. I had three down the middle. And then when I got to Waitrose, I looked in the curtain and there was a bulge. And I thought... That's not supposed to look like that. And a pallet, my thing is, if you stack two pallets next to each other and you've got a curtain either side, the curtains can stop it moving because you've, you've got the straps going down the side of the curtains. And she is an 18 ton and she can't handle the weight. The other thing is, if you put like straps over it, maybe if you put straps and corners over it, my fear is, and this is where I need the wise guys to tell me, if you put pallets all the way down the middle, what's the best way? to make sure those pallets don't go over. I mean, I've even thought of before getting sort of empty pallets and putting them up against pallets on the sides. So when your strap goes over, if it starts to sway, it's got a bit of wood to hit against. Whereas I kind of fear that if you've got a pallet like a box like that, it's just got a strap over the top, what's to stop it shifting sideways? So guys that know better than me, which let's face it is pretty much everybody, let me know. What's the best way to strap pallets down the middle of the truck? If you think, if it's like um, tins of sardines, something that might have a tendency to shift, or are you better off maybe one at the front and then two, so you've got the curtain for support, so you could do a checkerboard effect, please let me know, and I will pass it on next week, because that's what we do. Um, Dale Steele says, he says again, I'm going to be a clown. He says, pumping the electric pump truck made my morning. I don't know what I'm doing, Dale. I have used one before, a million years ago. And of course, give me five minutes or ten minutes with it, I'll get the hang of it. But I've gone underneath, and I've, I've, you know, you've got the buttons for backwards and forwards. And I'm thinking, well, I can't see buttons for up and down, so you just kind of do that. I didn't think for one moment it would work, which is Quite right, really, because it didn't. Um, but, yeah, there's a button on top. Got the hang of it now. So, and David Winter, my mate, the taxi driver, says, no flasks, don't pump an electric pump truck, be lucky. Yeah, how are your crocs, mate? Hope your feet are nice and comfy. Right, now we're on to the wise guys. Um, right, Sergeant Singh says, one question. He said, what do I write on a taco ticket if I drive for seven minutes when I need to take a daily rest period, nine hours? Now, what I can assume has must have happened here is he's gone on his like, rest for, like, you know, so you've got to take, you finish at, say, I don't know, six o'clock at night, and he's got to take his nine hours 
7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. So he can't work till 3 o'clock in the morning. And then somewhere in between that, he's had to drive for seven minutes. Maybe someone's come up and gone, you can't park here, mate. Um, and so he's probably had to drive seven minutes around the corner to find somewhere to park. And then he's gone on the second part of his break. Now, by rights, you drive them seven minutes. You should then take another nine hours. But I know what you're saying. What I would do is I would do a printout. Um, and you've got your book. Hopefully you've got your book. And I would explain right in the book, this is what happened. I was on break. I was resting. Someone said, you've got to move the truck. I moved it for seven minutes, which is why in the morning it shows I have got insufficient daily rest. I couldn't help it. All you can do is be honest and explain your situation. Uh, you still will get an infringement, but at least you can explain why you did what you did. And if you don't do it all day, every day, they're going to go, presumably, once again, I'll probably be told otherwise, you've explained yourself, you've explained why it happened, we understand that these things happen, in this instance, we'll let that one go. I believe if you get the right person, that will happen, maybe not, I don't know, but that's probably what I think would happen. Um... Serge Stoff says, what percentage do factoring companies take? Now, that's interesting. I thought it was about 3%. But then, of course, it's not quite 3% because then there's fees on top and then there's interest on top. And I think near the end, it was getting up to like 7 8%. That's quite a scary amount to lose out your daily wages, isn't it, really? Which is why. And also then when, have they paid, haven't they paid? It's so much more difficult, particularly when you've got four lorries going on. I'm just well, ready for it, like, you know. Um... So now it's just me and a bank account, and I can see what comes in and when, and the whole 100% comes in. So that's better. So if you can get if you can avoid factoring companies, trust me, from a man who's had three of them, believe me, I would. Uh, Mitch Bullion Frame says, he's enjoyed the video, he said, he said, I never went forward to get a truck myself. I'm under 25, and I didn't want to pay through the nose for insurance. However, I'm 25 next year. Hopefully see you on your own on a rigid truck. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh... He did ask about insurance. He said, where's the best way to get insurance? I, we use Business Choice Direct just because we use Business Choice Direct. I'd say they're all much of a muchness. Ring around, find the best one you can. Uh, Steve Campbell, this is my article's worth a spare wheel. Now, I've got spare tyres. I want to get a hub. And I think after Brian Webster's, I think I might try and get a wheel fitted to the inside of the truck. That way, if I, I've got a torque wrench as well somewhere. And that way, if I break down uh, in, sort of in a safe place, I can change it myself. And if I break down um, on a motorway, I can get someone to come out. But I can say, look, I've got the tyre, I've got the wheel, I just need someone to come out and change it, which hopefully means, A, it'll be quicker, and B, it'll be cheaper, but we'll see. Um, Steve Campbell says, my spare wheel is between the rear chassis legs and the rear axle. The other ones with the um on the other ones with tail lift, it's held in a rack under the body on the near side. So I think what they're saying, normally... It's either fuel tank on one side, wheel on the other side, or if you're like in seven half ton, they might put it on the back just behind the tail just to try and balance the weight out better. But I'm going to have a word with Mark about getting a spare wheel put on. It's a good idea. Um, and Domain Name Guy says, he says, as a, it's a guide to agency drivers, this one. As a guide for agency drivers, from my eight years of experience as a driver, you notice the different companies with large fleets and the type of fuel cards they have. If you get sent to a company that has new or newish truck fleets with all-star fuel cards, these are usually companies where time is more important than money, and all-star fuel, all fuel cards get accepted at virtually any fuel station, but fuel cards but are more expensive than other fuel cards. So if you're an agency driver and you get sent to um, someone that's got all-star fuel cards and newish trucks, it probably sounds like you're onto a nice phone. 
and my my my, I, my, my I've got a job for, for for a local firm, bless them. And I've got to go up to Hull on Monday because they had an agency driver in, and he decided to rip the roof off a seventy-two plate truck. <laughs> Only had it for two weeks. He drove it under a height restriction. Oh, so we had a normal driver start. It was absolutely fantastic. He was on Thursday. Had to have a day off because too fake. We called the agency driver to cover his job. And he said, "Now I've got to get a new roof." Oh, I feel from I really do. But I give him a job a little bit cheaper. Only a little bit, but a little bit. <laughs> right, time step on trucks. Uh, just a little one on this one. Stan the Mafia says. He said, my Merc said it had two minutes left. I was just about to pull over a few feet away and it went to 4.30. Hope I don't get any problems. Once again, do a printout. Do a printout, say I stopped on 4.28 and then the clock ticked over. There is a big difference between stopping with one minute over and stopping with an hour and a half over. So there really is, you know, you, there's no, there's a big difference. There's no, no safe place to stop. I literally, I've done cut it too fine. No safe place to stop where you couldn't find anywhere to stop in an hour and a half. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so just do a printout. Explain to them what happened. All you can do is be honest and hope that you they're sympathetic. Um, on the miscellaneous this week, again, miscellaneous gets smaller and smaller because it does. Domain and guy says, he says, oh, yeah, this is interesting, this, actually. I wonder if anyone suffered from this. Uh, he says, you level fine in van drivers with current seven-character um, personalised plates. Um, older than 2005 so what he's saying is if sort of like you're like um like plumbers or something and you've got like um an old style plate that says like gas 51 prg because that's the name of your firm despite the fact that the van is a new van they're clocking it as an old number plate or this is like gas 51 you know which is a new number plate but because it's a personalized number plate which says it's a gas van rather than it's sort of they're, they're logging the number plate rather than the actual um clarification of the van so has anybody suffered from that and if the, this year this thing is seriously getting on my nerves i had to go to uh chigwell uh during the week and chigwell is not inside the zone but you try getting to it you know, you go down the 25, but you can't go down the M11 because you go all the way down the M11. And you can't turn off because of the Royal Mint is down there. Not everybody knows that it is. Well, everybody in the area knows it is. And so you have to go all the way down. And then by the time you've gone all the way down, you've gone into a zone. And I try to skirt across the top of it. At the end, I had to go uh, M25, which was shut. So I had to wait to get that. Then go up to Onga. Then go round. Then go down the countryway. To get to it before that, but I'd go inside the zone. I'd, it's, it's, honestly, it's driving me potty. Um, so I'll get a new lorry, maybe. But I kind of like my truck. I've always got it. So, um, And finally, in conclusion this week, um, Ryan Wu says, I think I saw you yesterday heading uh, southbound past Battingbourne Barracks. Yes, Ryan, you certainly did. And that was a job from my mate Ben. And um, it was the best job. It was so lovely, literally, picking up from 15 minutes where I was. Um, one oversized pallet, which probably weighed about 100 kilos. Then I kind of, it was 25 minutes away where the guys that put the pallets on were meeting me at the other place. And with a fork truck, forked on, forked off, if only they could all be like that. So that's it. So that's today's Sunday Q&A. I'm up to speed with all of the questions now. Don't know which one's going out this week. If it's the MIT one, if they clear it, I might put that one out. If not, 
probably comment on socks and sandals. And I do keep meaning to do question of the week and stuff like that. So if I do manage to start catching up on the, the TikTok and the others, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, this is me trying to get my life back to normal and just finding a simpler way to take care and take money. <laughs>